Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting experts straight talk in your ear. These podcasts deliver great interviews with industry leaders and Zweig Group's three decades of invaluable research, leadership, management, marketing, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop personally and professionally, wherever you are. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm here today with Mitch Fortner from KSA Engineering in Texas. Mitch is an outstanding engineer with over 30 years of experience, and he's also an avid listener of the Zweig Letter Podcast. And we connected online, and I said, you know, we have to get you on the show at some point in time in the near future. And so I'm so excited uh, to have Mitch join us. Um, he is an outstanding engineer, uh, an outstanding leader, and he actually really has some great tips uh, and ideas that I think will be helpful for any design firm, uh, especially those of you that are out here that are regular listeners to the Zweig Letter podcast. I think there is going to be a lot of meat on those bones for you to take away today. And I hope, I hope sincerely that you enjoy this episode of the Zweig Letter podcast. Mitch, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for making time on your schedule to join us. Hey, Randy, thanks for having me. I, uh, I am an avid listener. I enjoy the podcast, and I'm, I'm happy to be with you this morning. So, Mitch, it's great to have you on the show today. Why don't you tell uh, our audience a little bit about your superhero origin story? Uh, absolutely, Randy. Uh, I joke with folks that I grew up in a small community in northeast Texas that had a population of about 200 and I was kin to about 190 of them. So very small, close, very close community. Uh, left there in 1980 and went to Texas A&M University, graduated uh, in civil engineering in 1984 and immediately came to work for KSA in 1984, which was six years after the firm had been founded. So I got here pretty early. I worked here um, until about 88, wound up in Dallas with KSA, and then uh, left KSA and went to work for the Federal Aviation Administration. I loved the people that I worked with there, loved uh, the work. Uh, I was a pro pro program manager or project manager responsible for airports 
throughout Louisiana from uh, Alexandria South, including New Orleans International, Lake Charles, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, a number of uh, airports. I uh, grew to have a great affinity for Cajun food during that time, put on about 15 pounds in my travels over a two or three year period. And uh, the, the folks here in Longview with KSA invited me to, to come back uh, to Longview, which worked out very well for me personally, um, as well as professionally. Um, I was really looking for more of an entrepreneurial pursuit at that point in my life. Uh, looking to do more hands-on work than reviewing other people's work. Um, and so it worked out well for me and who I am. And so in 91, I came back to Longview, uh, spent the next decade or so building an aviation practice uh, and growing that practice here with KSA, um, also doing other other projects such as uh, large water transmission mains and things of that nature um, and, and had a, just a great team to work with, moved into marketing, um, in about 2000. And then in 2015, at the end of the year, uh, we had a, a scheduled transition, uh, and I became the, uh, the third president of KSA in the 40 year history of our firm. Wow. Okay, so you basically you, you it's almost like you went through an engineering boot camp of sorts where you got to to try a lot of different areas of the company and uh it 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 afforded you the opportunity to really have a different perspective on on things I'm assuming than a lot of other people do. Well, I I, I'm not sure about the different perspective, but it was very fascinating moving into marketing uh, after being uh, involved in the production of plans and specs and, and business development and that sort of thing for many years. And I, I learned quite a bit about um, positioning. I, I, I joke that I can name all the things that you can do as a marketing professional in the AE uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what challenges me, and I think I've talked to Chad about this and maybe Mark at, at some point, what challenges me is what to do and when and how do you get your best ROI in a marketing scenario because there's so many different things you can do and it's not exactly, it's not like engineering where you can calculate a problem, a solution to a problem down to the fifth decimal point. It's uh it's a, you're using a different side of your brain in that part of our business. Right. Right. No, absolutely. I agree. And um, I mean, it's interesting to see. I mean, design firms are, are rapidly changing, although a lot of the a lot of the things that, that people did back in the day are still being done today, which I find yes. to be interesting. So, um, you know, but I think you have to, you know, you have to develop new uh, ideas um, and new ways to do things without necessarily throwing out some of the foundational truths that that make design firms what they are. Oh, I totally agree. I had I had someone a few weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about the future of KSA and and what the KSA of the future might look like. And the very wise individual uh, kind of drew me up short and said. Mitch, be who you are. Yeah. And and he was talking about how KSA uh, has traditionally been and and what our firm has done and what we've been successful at. 
And I think that applies in a lot of areas. Um, we're never going to be, in my estimation, a multinational firm and trying to look or act like one doesn't really make a lot of sense. And so be who you are. Uh, that really spoke to me and um, and has given me a lot of food for thought, honestly, over the last two or three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, sound, it sounds like that. It sounds like that food for thought propelled you to write a really interesting article that I, I definitely want to talk about. It's something that you had you had kind of teased me with uh, through a LinkedIn message that you sent me where you said, hey, I've got something that we're working on that when we put it out, I want to share it with you. And I'm so glad that you did. I want to share with our listening audience just a simple uh, paragraph from this that I just, just kind of really stood out. And it resonated with me for a number of reasons, as I said to you before we started this podcast, because of the importance that uh, grandparents, my grandparents played in my life and, and the role model uh, role models that they were for me, but I also think that uh, it's it, there are so many different ways to apply some of these life, life lessons to a successful and growing design firm. So uh, I just thought I would share this real quick. Um, my grandparents passed away years ago, but I still have very fond memories of my time spent with them on their family ranch in East Texas. My family and extended family hunted together, fished together, ate together, celebrated together, and generally enjoyed life together. Times were different back then, but I believe there is a lot we can learn from our grandparents about being great consulting engineers and architects. And then you go on to talk about a number of different points that I, I kind of want to bring up during this discussion because I think it, it is, it's the kind of thing that we shouldn't forget about. And it's it, 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 we need to be reminded that a lot of the life lessons that we have been um that have been applied to us over the period of our lives. And I don't know how old you are, but I'm 48 and I've, I've been there, done that, seen a lot. And there are a lot of people listening to this podcast that are, that are younger in their twenties and they haven't necessarily been around the block yet, but they are going to have some life lessons and experiences. But I think the important thing about the, the kind of article that you wrote is that, that, that other people's experiences and the life lessons that are passed on can be inherited by anyone that chooses to listen to them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it, it was really fun to write that article. Um, we kind of brainstormed it as a as a team here in our office and and got the idea actually from our marketing director. He said, man, what you know, why don't you talk about your life lessons that have led you to the point uh, where you're at? And, and so. Uh, it, it was just a lot of fun. As I said on LinkedIn, on one of the comments, uh, you know, it was just great bringing back all those memories and then applying them and realizing that, man, they did have a huge impact on my life and who I am today as a professional and a manager uh, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. So so I, I want to kind of go through a list of some of those things. Um and it's something that I talk about a lot. We do a leadership training uh, program here at uh, Zwei Group, and we go around and we, we, we're we actually going to be doing it uh, in Miami in a couple of weeks and then in San Francisco at the end of the year. But one of the things that we talk about in leadership training is the importance that real leaders listen. And you talk about that. You, do you want to talk a little bit about that, about how your grandparents um, uh, grew up in a time when people listen to one another, the importance of listening? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was remembering back to family gatherings at Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I, I had uh, 
an aunt and two uncles who had children. And so we would fill up my grandparents' home uh, during these holiday periods. And and I had two uncles that loved to uh, to to basically talk about their hunting episode. You know <laughs> what, the, what you know that telling the greatest hunting stories from the last year and and fishing stories and things of that nature. And we would just sit around as a family and listen to one another. And yeah. and, and there were people that 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 really kind of dominated those conversations. We never. We never interrupted them. We never stopped them. And, you know, but we, we just listened. And, and I'll say that I learned a tremendous amount uh, during those times by just listening to the stories. And um, and I believe that has application in what we do as consulting engineers and architects. Uh, when, we, when we sit down in front of a client, uh, you know, we do our b- very best work when we listen to their concerns, listen to uh, their desires for their project and and fully become fully informed uh, from their perspective before we jump in and start trying to solve problems. Um, and so I think that's a real important for all of us to consider as uh, consulting engineers and architects. Yeah, I, I, I always think of that quote, seek first to understand before being understood. So um, I think, uh, it's, yeah. yeah, I think it's perfect. Um, so you also go on to say, and again, there's just so many really great lessons in this article. And I, I really, again, I want to encourage everyone that's listening to this podcast. Uh, this will be in the show notes. Please read this article when you can share it. Uh, at one of your next meetings with your team, because you you will find that it will resonate with a majority of the people that listen. But you said that my parents and grandparents lived during the Great Depression and learned when something was broken, you fixed it. We should be looking for ways to conserve resources and rehabilitate existing facilities and to always determine if there is value in the facilities and infrastructure that is worth salvaging which is, that's huge because everybody wants to build something big and brand new and, you know, some new edifice to, to something. Um, you know, this whole idea of, of conserving and rehabilitating things, um, I mean, it, I, I wish it would take on more uh, than it has, but I, I think it's something that, you know, firms in the design industry should be uh, reaching towards that type of goal or objective as opposed to just instantly saying, well, we'll build something brand new. You don't always have to build something new. Well, I'm, I'm very proud of our industry. Uh, I think we're moving uh, in this direction, and especially with the with the concept of sustainable design and and lead facilities of that nature. We we've come a long way, but I like to tell people that uh, civil engineers, if you just want to take one discipline, were were green before green was cool, right? Because <laughs> uh, in, in a lot of ways, we recycle pavement materials and have been for many, many, many years. Uh, it's been a big part of, you know, if you go in and bust up the existing pavement, lay it back down as a, as a reclaimed base, maybe stabilize it. We're, we're reusing and recycling. And, and, and so it's exciting to see that kind of thing happen where you don't just uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater and start from scratch all over again. It's, it's good to get the value that's left in whatever piece of infrastructure or facility that you're working on. You can apply the same sort of principles to uh, water treatment plant design, wastewater treatment plant design. There's a time 
when you do have to move on, you know, if you're land constrained or whatever, but many times we can, we can just modify what's there, uh, rehabilitate, renovate, and uh, come up with a, with a plant that, that meets the design criteria. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You said a mouthful there. I mean, I think that's, I think it's just something that we shouldn't forget. Uh, I know, you know, people get paid to design new things, but sometimes we should, you know, we can get paid to rehabilitate things that already exist and make them even better. So, um, and I think, and, and we're in a society nowadays where we, we have to be careful because, uh, we're running out of space to throw things away. <laughs> so it's, Absolutely. it's becoming Absolutely. a problem. So yeah, it's becoming a problem. Um, you mentioned something else in this article that Mark Zweig is always, always driving home, which is that you've got to pick up the phone and talk to people. Um, one of the things that you talked about was, was uh, your grandparents' desire to maintain close relationships, and that represented itself. And your example was essentially the ability for individuals in a design firm to reach out and stay in contact with their clients, go visit the client. Talk about the importance of that. Well, absolutely. I we we have these internal discussions within our company, and I, I I posted something on our intranet the other day that was very similar to this, and I and I specifically asked one of our project managers uh, in one of the comments, "What would happen if we completely ignored a client once we were awarded a contract? What if we what if we never gave them?" any updates? What if we never went to see them? What if we never listened to them? What if we never gave them a, a, a set of review plans to look over and then sat down with them and, and, and went through their thoughts and their comments on that? What would happen? And, and, and immediately he said, well, we wouldn't be their, their engineer for very long, would we? And that's absolutely right, because you had part, part of the engineering and architectural professions is that we are inherently uh, in a people business. Yeah. Um, we, we have to uh, work very closely with our clients. So our number one, we're not going to come up with a very good solution for them. Um, but number two, if we don't, somebody else will. And that's what I tell people all the time. If you're not taking care of your client, then somebody else will. Absolutely. And it does not take very long for that to happen in this com competitive environment that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. And persistence pays off, too. I mean, staying in touch with someone, even if they don't have work for you right now, you don't want to make it. I'm saying this all the time when I do project management training, when I do leadership training. Stop making everything transactional in nature. Build relationships. Yes, absolutely. Build, yes, I agree. Totally. Build relationships because even if somebody doesn't have something for you today, it doesn't mean they won't have something for you tomorrow. And yep. uh, I really encourage people to do that. And I'm always uh, reminded of a story that um, Chad Kleinens, who is our um, CEO and president, shared uh, about a, um, a, a local airport that he was working with in Oklahoma when he was there working with his former company as an engineer. And, you know, he would stay in touch with this uh, airport authority and they had an engineer. They, they had an engineer and, and they had had an engineer for years, uh, 15 years. If, if, I, if I I mean, they'd had the same engineer for 15 years. And each year they renewed the contract. But one year, you know, Chad had just stayed in contact with these guys. And one year, you know, the the contract lapsed. And I guess for whatever reason, 
the engineering company just didn't follow through with a, 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 a quick enough proposal to renew. And Chad just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And because he had built a relationship that wasn't just tra- transactional, that wasn't just what can you do for me? He was there to pick up the pieces and say, hey, we'll take it on and we'll do it. And they got the project. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I bet there was a huge celebration back at the office. When I'm, that sure, happened. <laughs> I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. I mean, and for those uh, for those that yeah. don't know Chad, Chad Klein is he is probably one of the most inspirational and, um, you know, he determined individuals. And so, you know, he's he's the picture of that, of, of staying in contact with somebody and building relationships. And, and so that's why, you know, I, I'm so honored to have him as a leader of this firm and because he really does practice uh, what he preaches. And, you know, he got he picked up some of that from Mark, but that was some some of that he obviously picked up from somebody along the way, one of his mentors or leaders that, you know, taught him the importance of staying in touch with clients, potential clients, making relation, building relationships when and where possible, because you just never know where they will lead. Yes, totally. I yeah. totally agree. Yep. Yeah. So listen, I want to talk about another thing. And I know you guys about KSA is about 150 people now or. Yep. About okay. 150. Uh-huh. Okay, great. And you have how many offices? We have 11 offices. Okay. How do you, as the leader of KSA, uh, and this will be good for some people listening to this, how do you uh, reach out and mentor these people? I mean, clearly you can't mentor every single person at KSA, but I know you have a top tier of leadership that you probably mentor and you speak into their lives and you encourage them uh, at the high moments and at the low moments. But as a leader, how do you, because you talk about this in your article, but you talk about the importance of mentoring. Um, how do you develop that that mentoring mindset at KSA? Well, that's that's a great question, and it's something that uh, that we work on and are very intentional about uh, because it's so important, especially today as we bring in a younger professionals into the company. It's it's just so important. So, first off, I've got a great team. Um, our service group directors are outstanding. They've all been in the business for a very long time. They've been there, done that, and and they're very good uh, at transferring that data. I'm thinking of one in particular that um, he came to work as an EIT straight out of college, uh, and he tells the story that one of his first projects, he was working with me on a uh, airfield guidance sign replacement project, counting signs, and 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 so he, he has seen the benefit of working alongside someone and, and what that can do. So he's very good at, at, at putting that into practice uh, with, with our younger staff. Uh, for me personally, it's a matter of uh, communication. Uh, we have an intranet here. I, I try to um, just be real on our intranet with people and, and share data, but also share, um, concepts like we just had a, uh, a, a big discussion about communication within our, within our company. Uh, we're having an internal discussion about, uh, corporate culture right now, inviting, uh, comments from throughout the company to, to really, uh, talk about what they see as our corporate culture, what are our corporate values. Uh, and so some of this happens um, electronically. 
uh, try to stay in touch and and go visit those offices as often as time allows. Uh, also have uh, some of our administrative directors that uh, I've encouraged to to be out uh, communicating in the offices to go from office to office. It's it's very difficult uh, as you grow. Uh, you know, we started off with one office in 1978, and back then it was it was real easy to see what the leaders of the company were doing, what the priorities were, uh, the things that we were going after, all of the projects that we were working on, and and so it's very easy at that level of a company to to communicate and keep everybody on the same page. As you grow, um, it becomes more difficult. And, you know, at 150 employees, we're not anywhere near the multinational or national. I don't even um, I can't imagine how they are able to communicate and and keep everybody on the same page at that level, uh, because even at 150, it's very difficult. But I think I think, um, number one, not just sitting in your office um, and you know, hibernating, but being out among the people and talking, participating in project pursuits with them is 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 a great way to do that. Um, and and be, just being active um, and and going to visit with them and having a meal with them and 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 talking through what's going on. Man, you sound like you you've you've read from the Mark Zweig playbook of how you mentor people because that's all he talks about is management by walking around. Which which in this day and age, um, Mitch, let's face it, it's difficult, right? Because you have what do you say, eleven offices? Well, you're right, eleven yeah. offices. So how yeah. do you? I mean, you can't walk around all eleven. I mean, you. you mean, it's that other, I don't. I'm sure your family wouldn't like you on a plane every other day going someplace. I think the challenge is is that as as mentors as leaders. You have to find ways to be creative to check in with your folks, even when you can't physically be in their presence. And uh, one of the things that I've learned lately is just the importance of the simple online check in, you know, you know, message somebody, send somebody a text, send somebody a word of encouragement, you know, hey, hope things are going well. I know you've got a big project due this week or I know you've got a big proposal going out this week. You're going to kill them. You're going to knock them dead. So so that it's not this out of sight, out of mind. Well, I'm not there, so I can't really provide them with some support. Sometimes just an encouraging word is enough to get somebody over the hump. Yeah, two-way communication is is critical. Uh, We also uh, do things like um, if there's some topic that we feel very passionate about, we'll we'll do a a video. Our marketing team is great at, uh, you know, shooting a video of me communicating to the company, and then we we get that out. I've heard a lot of, of very good comments and feedback on that. Uh, they're able to sit at their desk and listen to that. You know, I don't have to watch it, but they can just listen to it or whatever as they're working on something else. And and it's a great way to to continue to try to focus the company and and move together as an organization. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I, I love I love hearing that. I can't wait to hear some more stories about how the mentoring is impacting KSA in the future. Um, there was another thing that that really stood out to me uh, that you mentioned 
And you tell a story about your grandfather was the owner of a local general store in that small community of about 200 people and that uh, he always went above and beyond to deliver groceries to the people that were sick or shut in and that, you know, he offered store credit to people. And, 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 and one of the big takeaways from that is the importance of community. How are you in this day and age, in this old internet society that we're in, where everything is such instant gratification, how are you fostering a sense of community at KSA? Well, we're, we're, we're working on that. I mentioned uh, this discussion about corporate values and company culture. And I'll, I'll, I'll just be real candid. Um, it's easy to lose sight of va- shared values and a shared culture when you spread out to 11 offices. I mean, you, you, you see how that, that dilutes the, uh, the culture. It dilutes the shared values. And so we're fostering an internal discussion right now um, at this very moment from the board level uh, down throughout the organization about uh, what do we aspire to be as a company in terms of values and culture? And and one of the things I, I did say in that little article was that one size doesn't fit all. Right. And and that was something that I did learn from my grandfather. Um, you know, I remember riding in his old truck uh, with a with two sacks of groceries between us to a lady that was unable to to get out of her house and come to the store, and he would deliver them. and And she was just so appreciative. Um, and so, that, I think that applies with employees as well as our clients. Um, not all clients are the same. Not all employees are the same. And um, you can't treat everybody um, exactly the same way. If you, for instance, if you try to, to work through a design process with, with clients exactly the same way every time without considering their perspective and how they like to work, how do they like to communicate? We've got so many different ways of communicating these days. Um, Emails and text and phone calls. And, you know, some people are still using fax machines, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what's that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, But, but what you realize is that everybody has a preference uh, in, in how they like to communicate. And so our job as consultants is figure that out uh, and not try to make them conform to us, but to, but to be flexible and meet them where they're at in, in how we communicate. And so that's just one example of the kind of discussions that we're having uh, here within our company is, is how do we, serve our clients in a way that they will appreciate and and what makes their job easier. Uh, So, so those are, so those are, those are just some examples of things we're, we're talking about. Yeah. And I mean, Listen, I, I, I mean, and for anybody listening and, and for you as well, Mitch, I mean, it's it's not easy. It's, it is a process. It requires time. It requires effort, uh, blood, sweat and tears to kind of make it work. You know, I think that's the biggest challenge that a lot of design firms are facing nowadays, especially those like your like uh, like KSA that are trying to grow, but are still trying to 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 keep their identity intact. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. You be you. That's again, it it comes back. That was just so profound. Three little words that, uh, you know, you don't try to be something that you're not, you be you, but, 
Um, you know, KSA has a strong history of very deep relationships with our clients. Repeat business is, is huge with us. And, and so how do you translate that to a larger firm uh, and continue to push that down throughout the organization and, and have your project managers understand, hey, that's what brought us here. And that's one of the things that's going to keep us moving forward is developing and maintaining these very strong relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that that's it perfectly. I can't think of a, a better way to kind of wrap this up. I, I you know, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I do want to just stop for a minute just so that people know that you're a human being. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the things that really excite you? What, what, what is the, the, mo- the most recent book that you read lately? Well, I'm, I'm reading a book right now um, that's called Culture Wins, and, and I can't remember the author right now, but it's a fairly new book that just came out. I'm a, a, I have a very eclectic reading list. Okay. Uh, I, I generally enjoy uh, nonfiction. Uh, one of my favorite books um, that's not specifically related to the industry was uh, Shoe Dog that I read last year, the story of Phil Knight and how he founded Okay. Yes. Uh, I Nike. Know that book. Yeah. Nike, man, that thing was just amazing and, and such a fun read. Uh, but I love to read business biographies, historical biographies. Uh, and, and also when I, when I get on a roll with a, with an idea, I start searching out books like right now, as, as I've discussed, the culture issue is huge. And, and what does that mean for the generation that's coming behind us that, um, are different fundamentally uh, than the greatest generation. And what does what what corporate leadership look like under the millennial generation? Right. And how, how do we begin to pave the way for that? Yeah. Uh, and so that, that's a huge interest of mine right now. It's something that I'm trying to wrap my brain around. And so I'm, I'm reading books on corporate culture and values and the millennial generation and trying to trying to figure figure that out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any big plans for the summer at all? Any any place? Any special trips? Oh, not not yet. Uh, my wife and I love to travel. We love to go up to Colorado, um, and and we have two children left at home, and and two that are married and moved out. So. Uh, our our uh, traveling kind of revolves around our our children our at this children, point, yeah. and so we'll uh, we'll formulate that as we get a little closer to the end of school. I'm certain. Okay, cool. All right, and my last question, and I don't know if this even applies to you, but are you a DC guy or are you a Marvel guy? <laughs> well. My son is both. Okay. Uh, I have a I have a fourteen year old son, and uh, I think he's enough of both of those for for both me and him. Uh, he he loves those movies. He loves to he loves to talk about it. He's um, he's all about that kind of stuff. Oh well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, great. I'm sure he's excited about this new uh, Infinity Wars movie coming out in a couple of weeks. So yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. So very cool. Well, listen, Mitch, I really appreciate this. I also want to just give a quick shout out because I, I, I thought this was really interesting when you wrote this article and you put it out there. 
you uh, you you highlighted um, the other individuals that helped you out, and it speaks it speaks volumes about who you are as an individual. But you know, you had some other people collaborate um, with you on this article. Hunter Hilburn, who is the director of marketing there at KSA, uh, Susan Bickham, who is the director of finance and administration, April Barker, the HR specialist, and Caroline Horton, who is a content generation specialist. Just want to give them a quick shout out for uh, playing part in this. Uh, what I think is going to be what we would call an evergreen article that's going to stand the test of time. So uh, I really want to encourage everyone to check this article out uh, from Mitch and from uh, his team at KSA and what those guys are doing there in Texas. And I'm sure uh, this is the last that that you're going to hear about these guys. They've been on the ENR Top 500. They've been a hot firm. They've been a best company to work for in Texas. There's a lot of great things happening at KSA. And Mitch, we are really appreciative of you coming on today and spending a little bit of time with us here at this Wide Letter Podcast. So thank you so much. My pleasure, Randy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, folks, I just really appreciate you guys listening to this episode of this White Glitter Podcast. I hope you took something away from what Mitch and I had to to talk about today. We talked about so much. Um, We talked about community. We talked about mentoring. We talked about just leadership in general and so many different things that uh, you can be doing within your organization to foster growth, not just for yourself as a leader, but for your team, as well as the impact that your organization will make in the community that you serve. And so we hope that that this was helpful for you. Uh, remember, this Wide Letter podcast is available every week. We publish uh, around noontime, uh, Central Standard Time, every Friday. And so we, we hope that you will take time out of your busy schedule to listen to this Wide Letter podcast and, and uh, also want to offer you a special gift. And that gift is simply a free digital subscription to the Zweig Letter. That's right. You've heard it here. The Zweig Letter digital subscription is now free. Uh, If you can visit zweiggroup.com and just click on the Zweig Letter icon, you can input your email address and we will every Monday morning send you a fresh off the presses copy of the Zweig Letter in digital version. Just imagine 12 pages of some of the best writing and content for the design industry. The Zweig Letter has been uh, has writ- has been published continuously since 1992, and I really want to encourage you to check it out when you can. And and uh, Mitch, I don't know, do you subscribe to the Zweig Letter now? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, do you have your whole team getting the Zweig Letter? Uh, not at this point. I but, can uh, I can make but, that happen for you. We yeah, can, we can work keep, it out. So keep talking about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we'll, have to. Yeah, do we'll it. figure it out. But yeah, I, and and so I, I the the point of the matter simply is uh, for anybody listening to this podcast, whether it's just an individual or if you'd like to get your whole team, you can even submit everybody's email address, and each person will get a fresh copy of this Wide Letter podcast every morning, every Monday at uh, noontime. And and again, you can always unsubscribe if you'd like, but I, I doubt that that will ever happen because there's such good information there. And if nothing else, you can read the fantastic article that Mark Zweig writes every week. He writes an editorial for the Zweig Letter and Mark always has something great to say. So just really want to encourage you to do that. Thank you so much again for listening to this episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Uh, the Zweig Letter Podcast is available wherever great podcasts can be found. Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, We will soon be on Spotify, as well as so many other sites and locations, Google Play. So check us out when you can. And also rate us on your favorite podcast app. And we'd love a five-star rating. Let us know what you like about the podcast, if it's made a difference in your work 
life, if it's made a difference in your personal life, we'd love to hear from you. We really do appreciate our listeners. And every day, just like the uh, message I got from Mitch a couple of weeks ago, we hear from people that have been impacted by this Wide Letter podcast. And so we thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate our listening audience. Listen, I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. And more than anything else, I really do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. We will be back right here next week with some more great content for you to take in. Remember, we exist to make you more successful. Go out and conquer the world. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast episode. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about M&A, strategic planning, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe now to the digital version of The Zweig Letter free of charge. Just visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe and leave your email address. Your free subscription will begin immediately.